Welcome back to episode 25. This is part two of the Pat Seer episode. Sorry to everyone for the delay on getting this episode up, but um, I'm back on pace and I should have the next few episodes coming up back on our weekly schedule, so stay tuned. In this episode with Pat, uh, we get a little bit deeper into what Serious Garage Works is all about and a super interesting project called Project 86 that he did in collaboration with uh, with Toyota Canada. So stay tuned, enjoy the episode. I'm your host, Trevor Byrne, and this is the Bucket Seat Podcast. Okay, so we're back. Um, all right, so we're gonna dig into uh, Pat's shop. Clearly, you know the lifeblood of uh, of what makes up Serious Garage Works is Pat's here himself. And so, Pat, give us a rundown on the garage, um, kind of when and where you started, and what you guys are kind of focusing on. I mean, focusing on might not be the right, might mm. not be the right term, but um, more so, like, what are you guys up to these days? Yeah. Uh, well, I started the business in 2012. It basically came down to uh, I got the deal with Toyota to um, to start the drifting program with them with the Cyan FRS. Uh, so I was like, well, I can't really build these cars in my mom's garage anymore. And uh, we got to kind of step our level of professionalism up. And I couldn't keep taking time off of work all the time. My boss was getting pissed off at the time that I was always, you know, out racing every weekend. And Toyota at that point was having me doing demos and they were pulling me away all over the place. So Of course. I was like, it was time. It was always something I wanted to do was start my own shop. I just, I always needed the timing to be just right. And so 2012 was the, the time to do it. So, um, yeah, I started uh, my own place. Uh, I hired a, a friend of mine, Brad, that I met. I mean, he was, I don't know, 13 or 14 when I first met him. I was probably like in my mid-20s. <laughs> I was a bit younger of a guy. He was standing at the end of my driveway looking at, I had an 86 Corolla that I was driving and he was standing there looking at my car and I came out to go somewhere. I'm like, what's up, man? What are you, what are you looking at? He's like, <laughs> your sweet Toronto, man. I was like, all right, cool. And I, I don't know, never just couldn't get rid of him from there. And that's crazy. You know, super cool guy and like very talented, uh, fabricator. And, uh, Brad's pretty much my right hand man and all that kind of stuff. So oh, nice. So yeah, he's been there since day one. Uh, my brother, Dan, uh, he also has been there since day one. My Dan, my brother Dan, uh, you know, he handles all of uh, kind of the paperwork, all the back end stuff, ordering the parts, getting getting parts, uh, you know, all the social media, all that kind of stuff. I don't know what I'd do if I didn't have him around because uh, I don't think we'd be half as big as we are online because, you know, he pushes all that kind of stuff. And it's it's a lot of effort and a lot of time to take into that. So there's no way I could do that on my own. So um, he's he's been there since day one as well. And, uh, and Sorry, I, what's, your, what's your brother's name? Dan. Dan, yeah. kudos to Dan, yeah, because I mean, you guys, in terms of social media and what you guys have been doing and staying present and yeah. uh, creating your own brand, I mean, it clearly from someone like on my side who does that day in and day out, yeah. you guys have done a really good job of it, yeah. and um, you know, there aren't many people who don't know about you. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's really, really Dan pushing our, our program a lot. Um, he's a great photographer. He does a lot of great videos and. You know, it's not just that's a very small part of his job at Serious Garage Works, but um, right. you know, it's a big factor on, on how you know how how popular we've gotten and how well known we are. So uh, that's been a big help. So he's been there since day one, and then uh, I had I hired another um, guy, Pat Duda. Uh, he was a friend of Brad's, kind of not much car experience. Uh, he's very young, very fresh. So 
I kind of like it like that. And no bad habits and all that kind of stuff. And Absolutely. He's yeah. been working for me now for about two or three years and uh, just coming in on his own and uh, very good at fabricating and, uh, you know, gaining confidence every day and uh, working out really well. And uh, just recently I hired a friend of mine, Frankie. Uh, he was just a regular sort of mechanic and uh, he handles all of the sort of the regular mechan- mechanical duties we have on there and doing all that kind of stuff. So I got a really, really solid group of guys in the shop. Uh, we all work our butts off and uh, bet, it's yeah. working out quite well. I mean, some of the the output that, you know, is proof and all the hard work and blood, yeah. sweat and tears that you guys are working on um, is clearly the representation of what Sirius Garage Works is about. So, I mean, for somebody listening who has no clue uh, what Sirius Garage Works is or what you guys yeah. do... Maybe give us just like the basics of, um, I know we were talking about yeah. specializing might not be the right yeah. term for it, but um, what is it that you guys are focusing on and what would you say is kind of like your primary piece of business? Yeah, I mean, I think our primary piece of business is uh, restorations. Um, my background before I started the Sears Garage Works, I worked at a Corvette shop doing a lot of Corvette restorations and I did a small stint at Legendary Motor Car as well. Oh, no kidding. Uh, yeah, I did, a, I did a co-op there back in high school, but that was, it was kind of short-lived, but it was kind of my in- in- entry into restoration life. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I kind of like taking something that's rusty, old, and shitty looking and, uh, you know, sandblasting it, detailing it, painting it, and putting it all back to fresh. Um, so well, and those guys at Legendary, I mean, it's, it's in their name, but I mean, they've certainly from my understanding without knowing them personally, um, I mean, they've been, they've done well for themselves. They definitely, I mean, TV definitely helped him out there. They had their TV deal with, uh, I think it was, I forget what the name of their show was, but, um, yeah, they, they've done quite well there and they're, they're one of the top restorers probably in Canada, if not North America. So yeah. Agreed. Yeah. They, yeah, they bang some out some pretty, pretty beautiful serious stuff. stuff over there. The yeah. only thing I didn't like about that place was kind of just run like a dealership, you know? Yeah. Um, right. You know, I guess if you get to that level, you kind of have to be that way, but, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, I always I always enjoyed doing the restoration side of things, but I also uh, I I enjoy um, you know cars with air suspension. Uh, I've I've done a lot of I do a lot of like custom stuff, um, and then obviously with my race car backgrounds, I've built all my own race cars. So we do a lot of roll cages, um, you know, engine swaps. Well, we we pretty much do everything. It's it's kind of you know as one of the oh how can you do everything? The only thing I don't really do is I don't do my own paint in house. Which if I you know if I could sort of put a paint booth in my place and do it, I probably would. <laughs> um, but I have a really good good uh, group of guys, two forty two custom that do all my own all my painting for me, so they handle all that. And I'm not. I'm in making custom interiors like seats and doing stitching, all that kind of stuff. I've never really gotten into that. So, uh, really will outsource that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, I've done a lot of my own suede wrapping of stuff. And, oh, uh, cool. Wow. Yeah. I mean, nice. I'll, I'll do light upholstery work. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you just got to take it a really good look. You got to go to a professional for that. But, um, right. you know, in terms of cars, Corollas have been uh, one of our main things, the 86. Um, it's kind of amazed me, to be honest with you, when I started the business, it was not a thought in my mind that I would be you know restoring Corollas out of all the cars you know if I if I was uh if I'd have been drifting S chassis I honestly don't think we would have done half as well because you know I think S chassis guys are more they work on their own things whereas we found this little niche market of Corollas yeah I think you know initial d has kind of pushed us along on that one there's a lot of guys out there that have watched initial d and i want a fucking corolla because of that's that show yeah 
And these are guys that have very large budgets that uh, want the best of the best parts and the best of the best stuff. And uh, they come to us to get it done. So we've been very yeah. lucky to build some pretty it, cool Corollas over the years. It's really a cult know? following. It's yeah. crazy. Well, I mean, the, the first time, and I said this to Jover, um, I mean, I should let him know. I, I don't even think I've told him that I do this podcast. Uh, but a friend that Jover knew all, and I'm, I, have, I, I imagine you probably know or are familiar with the name too, but this guy, Chris Miggs, yeah. Uh, was a guy that I went to. I went to the uh, at the time the Canadian Automotive Institute uh, up in Barrie, and while I was there, Chris, I think it was on some. I was on the Toyota, Team Toyota Auto Show team. Okay. They have their own little auto show every year. Yeah, yeah. And Chris was like the captain of the team. He was a couple years ahead of me, and I remember going to one of the events, and he was like, oh, yeah, "I'll drive," and we went to go hop, and I was like, "What the fuck is this thing?" Uh, and this is long enough ago too yeah. that initial D had not really like yeah, made it in its, yeah. in its popular form or its, yeah. its popularized form into into Canada. And when I got into it, I was like, "What?" The? I really just had no clue. Yeah, yeah. And then so when Chris started explaining it all to me, and he's like, "Well, I mean, it's this and it's this, and you know, it's one of these cars that was at the, I mean, for its era, like completely overbuilt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, it was it, extremely it was, advanced as compared to anything a Honda was making at the time or Nissan or anyone really. Yeah, it was. Uh, well, and and he was a good driver too. Yeah, yeah. And so when he started when he started, you know, putting it sideways and he was really, you know, he's taking me for a ride. Yeah. Um, and when he was taking me for a ride, I was like, holy fuck, this car is wildly capable. Yeah, yeah. I remember while I was in college, then starting to get on the hunt and I was like, oh, maybe I could find one of these cars. I felt a little bit self-conscious. Like, yeah. oh, am I just like, you know, totally just like, you know, hitching on to his train. But yeah, yeah. Um, I remember starting to look for them and I'd found a couple at the time. But I mean, that's a long time ago. Yeah, now. yeah. And when I started looking for them, um, I started to realize just how difficult they were to find. Yeah. And in and when you could find them, they were in like super varied states of disarray. Yeah. And I think that's where um, that's where probably you've run into this a lot is that like any of them that are in Canada are in like pretty fucking terrible it's, shape if they haven't yeah. been upkept by somebody or like yeah. an OG like, you know, Jover who's like they, they know or they've had multiple of them or they're the yeah. ones who like built it and moved it on. It's interesting. There's there's a few around that are still good. Um, you know, a lot of them, unfortunately, if they were here, they did rust. And a lot of people, when they first bought them, when they were new, it was just a Corolla at that time. And they probably drove yeah. them in the winter and whatever. Yeah. But I mean, the car is, it truly is a very special car. It's quite different than anything else that's ever really ever been built. Um, you know, one of my clients, uh, he owns like, he's got a Porsche GT4, he's got a Ferrari, he's got a whole bunch of toys, and he's got this 86 that we've built him. And like, whoa, no kidding. The 86, the Corolla is like his favorite of the collection, drives it more than any of the other toys he has. And it's just, it's just such a pure driving experience that car. You just you can't you can't beat them. And I, right, yeah. I'll always own one for 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 the rest of my life. I don't know. <laughs> it's just it's just one of those cars that I'll have to have in my stable. And like once you get one, it's kind of like all right. If I sell this thing, I might not ever be able to get my hands on another one, or it's going to cost me an ass load to to find another one. So yeah, right. Um, but yeah, the problem with buying them used nowadays is. Um, you know, uh, a decent condition one can easily go for 10,000 bucks. And, you know, for a good, amazing mint one that's all original, good luck you find it. But you can, you can ask 20 grand for one of those cars, no problem. It's wild. Um, but a lot of the things are, a lot of them are in that three or four or $5,000 range and they are just beat. Uh, you know, they come with no interiors or mm -hmm, the interiors mm -hmm. are destroyed. 
um, and everything is just messed up. And the, the thing with the Corolla is you can buy, I can pretty much get a ton of aftermarket suspension. You can get engines, you, transmissions are, are getting really rare. Interiors are the big thing. If your car has a shitty interior, you're never going to go out and find a, a good interior. I can't, you can't go out and buy like dash panels and door panels and all that. They just don't exist. You know, it's the one thing if, if you're in like re restore a lot of older Datsuns. So like we've done like a few Zs. Oh yeah. Nice. The, the, the restoration business for Zs, you just go online and I would say probably about 80, 80 to 85% of that car you can buy that aftermarket has made pieces for, or, uh, or, you know, you can get it from certain things. I mean, they built the Z from, I think it was like 69 to, well, different variations of it, 69 to like 80, whatever. Yeah, 81 or They spanned maybe, a, yeah. a long while. Whereas the 8086 yeah. was like a three-year run, 83 to 87. And 83, I've never even seen an 83. I've never seen an 84. I've only seen 85, 86, 87s. So literally, they made the damn car for three years. So... No one out there is making much aftermarket stuff for interior parts and all that. So you really, if you want a really nice one that has nice interior, you got to go out and you got to find one that has all that stuff. Because they'll go out and buy a beater and say, I want to make this a 100-point restoration car. Good luck. It's I have to go out and buy another car to steal the interior and all that stuff out of that one to put in. Right. Yours. So you've got to, you got your your you know your project car, your donor car, yeah. and then like uh, you know a whole bunch of parts from everything else. Yeah. Well, because I was going to ask when you started talking about it if. Uh, yeah, if the aftermarket was supplying like yeah. you know door cards and like carpets and like all that kind no, of shit, I guess it no, doesn't no really carpets, exist. No carpets, none of that stuff. I mean, suspension you can get all day long. I mean, Technotoy Tuning is my go-to uh, company for for anything suspension for Toyotas. They make every arm, every link. You know, they make all that. That's all sort of more sport-oriented stuff. It's yeah, not, it's not factory-like, but whatever. You know. Yeah. Um, if you're going for like a more factory restored restoration, you can still buy ball joints and all that kind of stuff is all still available. Um, the unfortunate thing with the gearboxes on those cars is uh, they have a T50, and I think that transmission was only came in the 86 or in an 8086 Corolla. And you can't buy, you can buy synchros, but you can't buy the dog rings that go over them, and you can't buy this and that. And the transmissions always have issues with those cars. It's very hard to find one that doesn't have a beat-up transmission in it, and you just can't go out and buy parts to fix the damn thing. So, yeah, you know, and then go, good luck finding someone selling a used transmission somewhere that doesn't have a bad second or third gear synchro in it either. Yeah. So... Transmissions are very few and far between. Now there's companies that are selling uh, conversion kits so you convert it to the IS 306 speed. So you put that behind the 4AG. That's a pretty good setup. So that that works. Um, I was but, just gonna say, yeah, like what what's the workaround? I mean, or yeah. clearly if you have it. no budget, it's quite easy. But so, so you <laughs> say these so guys said, that buy them and have budgets, it's just like oh, yeah, so good you luck. said IS 300 is the is the transmission that you can use for that. Yes, the one the right. transmission that came behind the Beams engine. They didn't ah, sell it here, yeah. but they sold it in Japan and Europe and all that kind of stuff. So right. that's, that's a six speed, uh, pretty sought after, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, those gearboxes are pretty readily available still, so uh, they they seem to work pretty good. But yeah, if interior is the big thing, if it's got to be interior, good luck. You're, you're not gonna have an easy time restoring it. So, so yeah, we've been lucky that a couple of the clients that we've restored them for have bought cars that at least have good interiors in them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we, we'll strip them right down to a bare chassis, uh, fix all the rust, uh, re-put them on rotisserie, detail the bottom, sandblast every part on the car, repaint everything or powder coat it. Um, and just build them back from the ground up. And then, you know, some of them uh, will do, I mean, we've done all kinds of engine swaps on them. We've done the Honda S2000 swap, uh, 20 valves, uh, the Beams engine. 
That's about all I've really put in Corollas. I mean, I haven't really, you know, if someone came, I'll put an LS in a Corolla. I was like, just going to say no LS. Well, no I mean, LS fine, I'll do it. But, I mean, it's going to be a track slave for sure. I mean, I've heard of guys putting two J's in Corollas, and I don't know. That just seems like a waste of money and time to that oh, car. Man. You know, it kind of, I think for me, the Corolla, there's, I don't want to say I'm a purist. I mean, I, I customize a lot of cars, and I've cut up a lot of cars in my day. But the Corolla, right. there's just something about, especially for a street version, Having just uh, a very basic four-cylinder that maybe makes, you know, 140, 150 horse, but has individual throttle bodies and just has a hell of a bark. And I think actually, well, one of my favorite customer cars that we actually built was it's an 86 coupe, and, uh, or it's 85 coupe, and uh, we put a Beams engine in that one with ITBs. And it's got a half-stripped interior, and it's kind of got it's got coilovers, and it's kind of it's kind of ratty, but the car is actually, it's, it's a very solid car and a really nice car. And I don't know that one out of all of them for the street. Just it just rips and it makes all the right sounds and it feels right. And it's nice and light. I don't know. There's just something about them. But Corollas that make over 200 horsepower, especially street ones, I don't find them that enjoyable. I mean, my my drift car at its prime made 400, and that was a that was a blast. I wouldn't want to drive it on the street. It'd be a little bit you know a little bit too out of hand. But a little squirrely. Yeah. yeah. But on the track, I mean, that car dominated. I read no one could keep up with that thing and uh, we were running uh, really grippy tires on it and it worked quite well <laughs> at the time. But um, you know, I've, I've never, I've never driven an 86. So no, I, someday, maybe when you get your, maybe when you get this back from, yeah, uh, yeah the project 86 car is pretty cool. That one, we put a, a 20 valve uh, engine in that one. I didn't really, we didn't do cams or any of that kind of stuff in it. It was just basically more of a stock build, but yeah, um, just fun. It's just, Part of the thing with the Corolla is, um, you know, using the momentum and the weight and carrying that weight and and, and flowing really. It's, yeah. It, it that car rewards smooth drivers and drivers that uh, use throttle input quite well and and can feel the way the car is, is flowing around. So yeah, I mean, if you make a mistake in it, it slows you down a lot. So you kind of got to you know keep your momentum up with those cars. It um, without having driven one, but heard uh, you know just you know countless yeah, yeah. stories Everyone about that it. Has that, oh my god, they're a, amazing! Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> and that's why every kid that comes to my shop goes, "I want a Corolla so bad." It's yeah. like, good luck, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> don't yeah. re-all. <laughs> yeah, like, like, but guess what? You can get an, you can get a new. <laughs> yeah, GT86. well, that's and that's what I say to people is yeah. like. I mean, everyone knows, like, well, it's not like the old one. Well, no, I guess it's not, but it, it is. I mean, I'll never forget the first time I got in the, the, the FRS. Um, Toyota flew me out to Montreal. They were doing a big press day yep. out there. And so I was, like, their, 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 the drift driver guy to take press for rides. Right. And I, I showed up at the airport, so I flew out to Montreal. And this is, like, it was all new to me. I come out of the airport and I go to valet service and I'm like, hi, I'm Pat Sear. And valet comes driving up with this bright red, brand new FRS that I never even really seen. I have only seen it at the auto show. I'm like, here's the keys, Mr. Sear, go have fun. I was like, oh my God. So I had to drive it from the airport to Santa Stash. And I was just driving. I'm like, you know, it feels like a modern car, but I'm like, it just still, it still has the same 86 feeling. And then when I got on the racetrack, that's when I really realized that for sure when Toyota developed that car, they definitely had an A86, you know, sitting beside it. And they were they were driving the two cars and saying, We need to make this one feel like the old one. And they they succeeded at it. As far as I'm concerned, it definitely feels like it. And you don't have the it breaks down all the time. Uh it you can't buy parts for it. It's yeah. expensive. Uh it's rare. Yeah. All those times are gone with the FRS. You yeah. don't have to deal with any of that stuff. And well, you can just beat the hell out of that car and have a good time with it. It's interesting because I do, uh, it's a bit of a shameless plug for the, you know another segment on this show where yeah. I do this $15,000 used car challenge, okay. which is you know basically my segment where I challenge myself to find 15 cars in uh, under 15 minutes 
for under fifteen thousand dollars. That's a pretty big, and that's a pretty big range there. You know, and it's like <laughs> that's the thing is like so many people are you know, have come to me before I ever even did this, and they're like. I can't find a cool car or I can't find a fun car uh, unless I got to spend some money. I'm like, okay, let's, I mean, even at at $10,000, there's still some good stuff. But at the $15,000 mark, when I started doing this, like, I mean, I've kind of, you know, roughly been doing this for a year, let's say, but, you know, kind of more seriously for, let's call it six, eight months. Um, Excuse me. I just started... I just saw the like threshold broken yeah. where now I'm seeing BRZ and FRS coming yeah. in under $15,000. Yeah. Or even high mileage ones are even going even worse. Or ones that have been smashed up and fixed. Those ones totally. are even cheaper. <laughs> and I mean, and some of the ones and some of the ones that I'm finding that are that are in that like 14.5 to 14.9 mark yeah. are like low kilometer, yeah. original owner, yeah. like, you know, pretty great stories. Yeah. And, they're, and it, at least and able to get to get you into one of those. And yeah. I've, I've spent some good time in um, BRZ on the Subaru yeah. side and I absolutely love it it's truly to me one of those 10 tenths cars definitely yeah, yeah where yeah. you know the first thing everyone's you say you say BRZ you say yeah, FRS you say GT86 and they say needs more power yeah, yeah, yeah. but I mean there are lots of other cars that you can go and you can get more power you yeah. can add more power you can do I mean I've seen like electric supercharger kits for that thing yeah, I've yeah. seen superchargers I've seen you know turbochargers I've yeah. seen all kinds of different things done to that car but I mean, to drive it in its pure form, the way that it was engineered, yeah. um, you know, hearkening back to the original 86. That's the whole point of it. Delivering right? tofu in Guma. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, that's one of those cars that was like, it was built for that reason. So yeah. I think kind of like trying to, you know, segue a bit into it, your affiliation with Toyota um, and Toyota and the 86 and this project 86, that was something that Toyota Canada had approached you with and maybe like tell us a little bit about how that has kind of made its way into both serious garage works you kind of as pat's here and the yeah. driver and your heritage and your experience with the 86 um because it is a super interesting project yeah yeah they had basically uh, approached us with the idea that uh, they wanted to kind of uh, launch uh, obviously you know scion had 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 been dissolved and they were going to launch the new toyota 86 uh as their brand and they wanted to to kind of uh, celebrate the car by restoring an old one, you know, the old car meet the new car. Yeah, yeah. Um, so super, yeah, they, super cool. For I know that I know Scion was like a big part of their branding and like the kind of millennial target. And yeah, all that kind of stuff as it happened. Um, I will reserve any judgment on it, but I think it's a really healthy thing for the Toyota brand because definitely. I love it kind of coming back to the hero brand. Yeah, definitely. Um, being Toyota and um, there's a lot of like. I think there's a lot of benefit to it being back under oh, the Toyota sure. brand, especially for the 86 in particular. Yeah. Sorry. So no, please yeah. go on. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they came up with this idea. So let's restore the old one. So um, at the time, I had just uh, moved shops. So the schedule was they were going to film basically one day a week at the shop or one or two days a week. And I had to get the car done and basically set up 86 days was was the goal to get it done. And I was like, oh, that's man. crazy. Yeah. You know, we've never really done. It usually can take six months to a year, depending on the condition of the car. So the car that we used, I had actually bought, I don't know, 10 years ago. Um, I had bought it. When I first started drifting, I had my, my 8.6 coupe that we were using. Mm-hmm. And I had known very early on that drifting is, is uh, not dangerous, but cars get wrecked very often. So I was like, I'm going to need a backup chassis just in case I smash this one. I can swap all the parts and we can continue racing right away. So I found this SR5 hatchback that had been sitting around in this guy's yard for, I don't know, five or six years. 
I think I paid like 800 bucks for it. It wasn't, it had a little bit of rust on it, but overall the chassis wasn't very bad. It was an automatic SR5 that didn't run and it was just a, I just needed the body really. Yeah, yeah. So I bought it and uh, yeah, it sat around for 10 years. I moved it from storage unit to storage unit to, uh, you know, when we moved to our first shop, it sat outside in the field <laughs> out there. That's hilarious. And yeah. yeah, I mean, it always, it always kind of sat around. And then when Toyota, you know, when we started driving the FRS for drifting, I always looked at the car. I'm like, I got to do something with that stupid car one day. And it got to the point where I I'd like years ago... I had ambition. I was like, we'll, we'll start pre-building this car into a race car. So I had taken the interior and I stripped the entire thing and I threw everything in the trash. I'm not going to get any of this crap. And I stripped everything out of it and turfed all of it. So then really all I had was a rolling shell of a car. Yeah. And then, you know, as time went along, I kind of shamed. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to probably make this back into a street car. I don't have any of the damn parts for it. So I ended up, I ended up. Um, you know, buying, I found a guy that actually, he had, to, had a, a full black interior from a car that he stripped uh, for a race car. So I bought that off of him. I bought parts from another guy and I bought parts from another guy. And before I know it, I had all those parts piled up, planned to go into that. For, for a full working interior? Yeah, I had a oh, full shit. interior. I had, I, had, I, had, I had everything and I had it all planned out to, to build that car. And then Toyota comes to me with this idea. Hey, you know, we want to do a, we want to do a restoration on it. Well, perfect. I got the perfect car for it. Um, initially they had wanted to buy the car off me and I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to like do that. Uh, so we worked out a deal where, um, you know, I restore the car and they get to kind of tour it around for a year and I get it back at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's definitely somebody at Terry that's like, he found the one, the, the unfindable car and he's the one who's able to build it all back up. Yeah. That's so. amazing. I mean, uh, without, you know, revealing any necessarily of your, your top secret sources, but uh, with Toyota, I mean, is there any warehouse that's like tucked away in Japan that has, you know, some like original 86 parts or like that, like fresh carpet that never went into a car I mean, sitting on a parts shelf somewhere? I don't somewhere? think so, to be honest with you. There's uh, a couple guys in Japan that seem to be uh, buying up a lot of the new old stock. The biggest thing with Corollas these days is J- JDM bumpers. Everybody wants JDM bumpers. I'm paying at this point like fifteen hundred to two grand for a friggin' you know a front bumper cover, you know. No kidding. That's what they're going for. It's, and, it's, and that's not even painted, right? No, yeah. that's just that's just a bumper cover, and you got to buy the JDM lights, the brackets, all the other stuff to go along Good with God. it. Yeah, the, the yeah. market is going huge. So those yeah. are those are commanding. But I don't. I think what seems to be happening is that if guys can find new old stock, if you know. If it's available, a lot of guys are just buying whatever's available and, sure. that's, and then posting it on eBay for astronomical amount of money compared to yeah. what they bought. Well, it's for. just like the economics of scarcity. You know, it's yeah. like <laughs> there are only 30 of those bumpers left in the world. Yeah. So, of course, like the price is going to skyrocket. Well, I mean, it's, it's like you've, you've seen it all in the 911 market. Yeah. And it's like yeah, yeah, same, all the air cooled 911s or like SCs, SCs that you could buy for 15 grand, you know, like yeah. eight years ago or going for 34. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's just, just craziness. Like but, that. And that's kind of where the Corolla market gone, has gone in the last, I would say, eight to 10 years. I mean, Initial D pushed it along yeah. heavily. And there's just uh, a lot of guys out there that, uh, you know, they want the parts and they're willing to pay for it. So. Well, I mean, as drifting has become more popularized, too, I think that, like, people are anybody. I mean, I'm not going to say anybody who's smart, but people who do their research mm-hmm. and they look back to, like, the origins of the sport, they're going to look back and go, that's where it all started. I mean, you, you talk to a lot of the top drivers in any kind of drift series and they're always like, I started with the Corolla. Yeah. <laughs> you well, know, I mean, the Corolla is just it's. 
it teaches a driver to use the momentum and the weight of the car to its advantage. And that's, right. that's the big thing with a Corolla. It's a driving tool at yeah. that point where, I mean, I think, uh, you know, every time I get anybody on the show that I, and I ask them about like driver education yeah. or what's the best way to prep a, to prep or prep a car for being on the track, be it autocross or time attack or we you know rally or like whatever it ends up being. It's like seat time. Yeah. Well, like, you know, what's the most thing, valuable yeah. modification, yeah. Uh, you yeah, know, or the place to spend the money? We'll just drive. <laughs> like spend money on going out and driving a car yeah. and driving it and learning the threshold and learning like what understeer is all about and what exactly. oversteer is all about. And like yeah, yeah. having an understanding of like the dynamics, of the car being comfortable in it yeah. and like the 86 and now to the GT86 and to the BRZ platforms, like those to me are the perfect driving tools for Definitely. you to like understand oh, yeah. what rear wheel drive, you know, front engine, rear drive, driving experience is all about. And it won't, I fucking it love won't that. kill you completely. You know what I mean? It's not like if you're going out trying to do that in a new vet or a new Mustang, it's like, uh, <laughs> things might get out of hand in this thing. Yeah. It might throw me into a, a guardrail somewhere. Right. But, yeah, and that's not to say that the fast. new 86 won't do that either. Yeah. You, you, yeah. Tree, you abuse it. It'll, it'll toss you around. But the, the threshold level on it, the the grip level on that car, it's a lot less, and it, it, it you know it gets the same feeling. So right, um, and the, that's the, kind of the cool you know thing what are they're like what are they like two fifteens that are on it or something like that? Yeah, they come with a two fifteen tire. But I mean, honestly, I mean, I've I've driven a lot of them with stock tires, and it's quite amazing how much grip they actually I know, it's make crazy. even with a stock tire. Yeah, and, and they. On a stock, uh, on a stock FRS or, or Toyota 86, they have a tendency at their at their threshold to understeer, which is not which is not a bad thing unless you, you stab the clutch and then it'll, the back end will kick out. But yeah. if you're cooking into a corner too hot, it will uh, will understeer on you, which is kind of a natural, I guess, safety of, of the car or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, just to learn to learn good driving dynamics and how to how to use momentum and all that kind of stuff, you really can't beat an old Toyota Corolla or a new 86. Really, they yeah, they teach you how to do that. They're amazing. Um, you, so um, with uh, with that, so obviously a lot of 86 to come through your shop. Yeah. Uh, but you've also done most recently some really cool shit. When I was at um, Motorama. Yeah. So. Excuse me, belch right into the microphone. Um, uh, when the uh, Howard when, Stern sound effects, yeah. you know. <laughs> the, the Homer Simpson oh, belch, yeah, or yeah, no, yeah, the yeah. Barney belch. That, that's the next level here is to yeah. start having sound effects. Now you need a sound guy, and he's just hitting the sound Don't worry, buttons can, as you're going. I can add all that after the fact. No, it's too much time. Oh, yeah, to it's invest. not live, right? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. So no. you can just pepper that in afterwards. No, it's all. It's, it's too much work for me to do. Um, it's all my analog effects. Um, so uh, when I was at Motorama, I'm there with my son and we're walking by and I see the big serious garage works banner. This is actually after I'd, uh, I'd introduced my son Magnus to Jesse Combs okay, yeah, yeah. and she was like, Oh, interesting. She's like, Oh, well, you know, it, I, I know a Magnus and I was like, really, you know, Magnus, she's like, yeah, Magnus Walker. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, interesting. Well, my son, his name, kind of the Genesis of all that did come from him. And anyways, yeah. um, so we had a really funny conversation and then I had seen a photo of of her in front of your car, yeah, yeah. or your uh, you know one car, of your yeah, customers' yeah. cars um, at the show. And when I went, my son like immediately goes and he looks at the Camaro's like headlight and he looks into it. And because uh, I, is it a, I, I, what what kind of uh, lens is it? That's yeah, on it's there? got like a, a funky uh, headlight in it. It's, it's got, like a it's crazy like, fisheye yeah, effect. Yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, you know. He he went up to it to to like grab it. And I was like, no 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 no, don't touch it, don't touch it. <laughs> and so, but then he gets his face right up to it and he's looking into it and he's like, he he basically in seeing kind of himself. Broken in word, he was like, yeah. he's like, I 
can't see. And I was like, no, it's the headlight. And he's like trying to look for it because <laughs> he looks for it in my car and he sees the bulb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's like, you know, he rationalizes. He's, you know, two and a half years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. But I'm trying to teach him. <laughs> and so, but he was like fascinated with it. So I've got all these photos uh, of him like, you know, trying to like Looking look into the, the, into the headlight. But I mean, the car itself is, I mean... What a crazy kind of masterpiece. And I, I look at that car as um, it, that car as a representation for me, at least of what I think is so cool with what's happening in car modification these days, because mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of purists and you've kind of said it from the 86 platform yeah. is that there are things that you would prefer to keep kind of like stock as a bit of a, an odor and homage to that yeah. car and like what they've done. But also, on the other hand, I think there's something so cool about like the resto mod world where, yeah. you know, you've got upgraded braking, upgraded cooling, like all kinds of like modern amenities on a really cool old car that's yeah. still super badass. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that to me. Um, and what was the name of that car? Um, that's World War Z. That's so, World yeah. War Z. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, uh, you know, you can anybody's listening, check that out. You can find the. I think there's a lot of the photos of it on the hashtag. Uh, on Instagram, World War Z, or, a World War Z. you do at, get a lot of Brad Paul Pitt. Paul is the guy that owns it. Yeah, he, he loves posting up photos of that. There's, yeah, there's tons of photos. I mean, of what a cool car! But yeah. I mean, without going like super deep into the build of that car, I mean, you guys have done um, a lot of builds that have kind of gone down that path as yeah. well. So uh, outside of the '86 world, yeah. I mean, it's not like you're you've certainly uh, got the expertise to specialize in that. But there's so much more that's coming out of your shop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a cool thing. I mean, uh, Miro was a, a friend of. Um, a guy that I worked with at the Corvette shop. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, we met up with him, and me and him kind of just hit it off. And uh, he had had this, uh, the Camaro, and uh, we had planned to put an LS motor in it and do air ride in it and all that stuff. And then he, him and Joe and another buddy of his went to SEMA, and when they came back, I was like, we got to put over fenders on the Camaro. It's got to happen. And I was like, oh, man, I don't know how the hell we're going to do that. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we kind of started the project and knew that we were going to fender flare it, but didn't kind of know how we were going to pull that off. And <laughs> to be honest with you, I haven't really said much about my secret of those fender flares are on that car. But uh, <laughs> I was in the shop one day, and I think we were putting a, a set of what's called CBY flares on a Corolla. Uh-huh. And I stuck it against the Camaro, and I was like will these work this looks like it kind of you know it's the look that i want and it will kind of work and uh yeah i kind of uh i made my own flares for the camaro sort of loosely designed off of the cby design and uh it just worked and we, we you know we went measured out a really fat set of wheels for that thing and uh put it on air ride and sliced the fenders and uh it just worked i mean it's no one's really ever built a camaro that kind of looks like that and i, I gotta hand it to miro i mean Miro had the vision kind of from the beginning and I, I was, I mean, I've always had that, that kind of look and I always love that, but he was at least the guy to kind of trust, trust me. You know, I'm not, I'm not like Chip Foose where I can kind of draw it up and say, well, this is what I think it's going to look like. Yeah. I knew the vision in my head and, you know, remade changes as we went along, but, uh, he trusted me all the way through and, uh, was like, all right, just do it, just do it. It'll be badass. And, and at the end of the day, we created this, this monster of a Camaro that, has such a wild online following and it has uh, it really, really does yeah put us on the map really as as a recognizable car builder you know and uh, totally talk to people they're like well what do you guys do I'm like we'll rebuild this car called Roller Scene I'm like oh I've seen that car on Instagram yeah and then even to that regard uh, the Charger we're building for for Miro as well um, 
that car is almost on another level as compared to the Camaro. That makes the Camaro look like a like a toy compared to that thing. So. I, you, what's the yeah, like? Where, what could you search to find that that char- so um, charger? It's a '68 Charger. Yeah. We don't really have a hashtag for that, but once again, if you go on uh, at Calamiro, he's got a bunch of pictures on there, and then uh, you kind of can just search through there, and it'll it'll come up. But um, yeah, it's a '68 Charger. We basically started off with a completely stock uh, Charger. And uh, it was the same thing. We were, we were going to give it the treatment, as we call it. Yeah, and, right. Um, it was one of those things where uh, we found a really good car, uh, rusty floors and rusty this and that, and a stock motor. It was a 318 car, so it's like whatever. It's not, uh, yeah. it's not even the most desirable thing out there. Um, and I remember when we the first day we brought it into the shop, and we were, it was probably just before Christmas, and we had stripped the motor out of it and everything. And we had been looking at you know different options for bolt-in suspensions and all that kind of stuff. And nothing nothing you could buy was was going to cut it and get this car to sit the way we needed it to sit and i remember standing there in front of the car me and miro just kind of standing there and i'm like I'm like i mean miro we gotta we gotta cut the whole floor and everything out of this car and it's this is this is gonna be it for this thing it's like there's yeah. no turning back after we do this yeah i'm like all right i'm like you good with this he's like He's like, fuck, I'm good with it. Are you good with it? I'm like, I'm good with it. So <laughs> like, got high, out the saw. High five and off we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we hacked the front end off of it and uh, hacked the pretty much the entire floor of that car and rebuilt our own chassis, um, uh, rebuilt our own five-link setup, loosely based on Corolla design. <laughs> yeah, right. I put a little bit of Corolla in just about everything. I love but, it. Um, I love it, yeah. Uh, fully adjustable rear suspension. Um uh, and yeah, the car rides on uh, 20 and 21s and lays frame. And it's just, it's completely different than what anyone else has done to the Charger. And the main thing is, is that we cut the fenders on it. And like once we had posted photographs of the, the car laying on the ground with cut fenders, you get such a wide spectrum of other people going, my God, that is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And then the guys going, you assholes, you cut up a 68 Charger. Are you guys insane? Like, why totally. would you do that? Totally, and yeah. There's a couple of guys in particular that are going around slamming us on every picture they can find, but ugh, it's just, it is what it is, right? The internet's full of them. Yeah, the internet, yeah. The, you know, the, we're, the, we're out to build cool cars and do something that's a little bit different. And Man, that car did it, and uh, you know we're still in the process of, of building that one. And uh, when that car is finished, it's it's going to be an insane piece, that's for sure. Dude, I can't wait to see that. I mean, and I think you guys do a good job of like posting up all these projects on your site yeah. too, which is yes, pretty yeah, amazing. yeah. Our Instagram at Sirius Garage Works has a bunch of photographs of it on. Yeah, the, you guys are. I mean, well. and you guys have got you know like you know ten thousand followers. Yeah, or somewhere close man, to that. And admittedly, and the Dodge helped that one out a lot when we first launched sure. the photographs of the Dodge. Man, that those photographs were shared all over the place, and uh, yeah, we were just like you know stoked to see what i mean it's it's it there are i mean we've all seen builds we've all seen like you know kind of resto mods but i mean you guys sorry when i say you guys i mean i mean it at you as a team but i mean for Ooh, you as like the, the leader but like you as like kind of like the leader behind it the visionary you know somebody who can take someone's like desires and hopes and turn them into the, what these projects look like yeah it's really clear in terms of like of what your aesthetic or like when you go to kind of you know maybe the nerdy uh like manufacturer language is like you know you you have your own kind of design language when mm-hmm. it comes to like wanting to build these cars and it's yeah. so crazy and it's you know i've got a ton of respect for what you guys well, are doing you. i mean when you when you're talking about these cars there, there must be something that's on your bucket list of like what is is there anything out there that you're going like fuck i wish i could just get my hands on one of these and we'll give it the treatment yeah i mean there's i've i've been wanting to do 
I've never built a car from like the, the teens or the 30s or something like that. I mean, uh-huh. one, I think you know that would be a fun car. Something something to do from the 40s. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not really one car that kind of stands out. Uh, I'm I'm pretty much down to build just about anything. I'm not a big fan of Audis and Volkswagens. I don't know why. Air cooled. <laughs> I'll, I'll deal with air cooled Volkswagens, but <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Audis and Volkswagens. I don't know what it is. I just you know whatever, but. Um, but I, I'm, I'm pretty much open to building just about anything and, uh, and giving it a try if, you know, if we can come up with a cool vision for it and, uh, and, yeah. and do it in, a, in an interesting way, I'm, I'm down to do it. But, uh, I think one day I'd really would like to build, yeah, something from, uh, something from the early, early to late teens, you know, an old Ford or something like that. I think it would be really fun. I've never, never really worked on any of that. Not even like rat roddy style, but more, not not full on show car either, but vintage looking, but you know a little modern touches here and there. You yeah, know, kind well, of my own style. The serious garage work yeah. treatment, you know. Yeah, and then <laughs> and bikes are another thing that I've kind of wanted to. I've always said if we slow down, we're gonna start building some bikes because they don't take up much room. I haven't oh, slowed cool. down enough to go out and buy myself a motorcycle to chop up yet. But yeah. we've done. Uh, we've, we, did, we just had a Moto Guzzi and uh, a oh, brand okay. new one from one of my customers. We built a, 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 a scout, an international scout for uh, him. No. Dude, yeah. I because I, I grew up in the middle of nowhere. Like one of the guys that I grew up and went to high school with had like an like it, his dad bought this international scout, oh, right and that was his daily driver on yeah. a regular basis. And I actually, I, I've since started doing this, wanted to reach back out to him and be like, "What happened to that thing? <laughs> Guaranteed, it's just like rusted out in the back yeah. of a field somewhere." Well, that's the problem but, with scouts is they rotted out. So yeah, we built yeah. a scout for this guy. We put a small block Chevy in. Uh, no did shit. A whole bunch of, we did a full restoration on that one as well. Uh, so, anyways, he came and he's got this Moto Guzzi and he's like, ah, I want to, you know, it was it's a V7 racer, so it's kind of got the cafe racer look, but yeah, you yeah. know, it's got reflectors and all that crap. So we kind of decluttered right. it yeah. and painted a few pieces and cool. you know, tweaked the exhaust a little bit. So that was kind of fun, you it. know. I'm a, sort of playing around with bikes, but yeah, I really want to get into more uh, more hacking the bike right up. You know, I've been watching. I mean, it's so funny you on YouTube and you have when you're watching YouTube how things can kind of go in different directions. Yeah, you get watching, down the hole, yeah. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of biker build off, and uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, uh, back in the day, I I was a big biker build off uh, monster garage fan. You know, I always loved watching that stuff, and I find myself again watching those programs again because you don't remember them and. Uh, of course, you know, yeah. There's one builder in particular, Matt Hotch. Uh, he he builds these like crazy bikes. Um, he'll take you know modern engines and older chassis and chop them and stretch them and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's kind of something I'd I'd like to do at some point. You know, it all comes down to time, and it's just we're just so busy, and uh, I haven't had the opportunity to do it yet. But I think that in the future we will do a little bit of motorcycle stuff and. If I can get my hands on some car from the teens at some point, I'd be pretty happy to kind of build something like that too. Super cool. I mean, I, I think aside from bikes, one of the things that I started seeing more and more from you guys too was uh, kind of like off-road and 4x4 too. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like something, obviously, one of your cars, uh, one of your vehicles that's not necessarily your daily. Yeah. Uh, so did you see it was, it's a 4Runner, yeah, right? Four not runner, a, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was going to say 4Runner Tacoma, but 4Runner. Yeah. Uh, so 4Runner, so clearly something you're interested in in general. Yeah. I mean, one of my buddies, Curtis... Uh, a good friend of mine, known him for years. He bought a Forerunner, and I mean, he, me, and him have always been into drifting and low riding and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm, he, mm-hmm. we never, I mean, off-road truck driving was never a thought in my mind. And I was like, just driving through slow through a forest, like, what the fuck is the point of that? That doesn't sound exciting <laughs> at all. And he went out and bought this Forerunner, and he's like, oh man, it's so much fun. You gotta get one. You gotta get one. I was like, eh, I don't know. And he kept sending me links to Forerunners. I'm like, if I'm going to buy one, it's going to be a manual one. It's got to have a locker and it's got to have all that stuff. 
And sure enough, he sent me a link to one with a locker. It was manual and it had all the right features. And it was like for 1500 bucks. I was like, oh, all right, fine. I'll buy the damn Forerunner <laughs> just to just to make my friend sort of bug, you know, get off me a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, hey, good for him for doing it because I don't know. I've kind of fallen in love with the stupid thing. It was funny when I bought it. I was like, <laughs> I'm not spending any money on this thing. This is just a, a stupid trail truck that I'm just going to leave stock. I ain't going to touch it. And that didn't Lo and last. behold, yeah, that didn't very last very long at all. I mean, I, you know, I, I think it's it. in all of our blood too. It's like uh, as soon as you get I something, can't leave like, anything I can't alone. Leave it you always want to like improve it, and you know, you go out in the trail and something happens, or you get stuck, and oh, well, if I had this, it wouldn't do that, or whatever. Back to the shop and improve the truck. So it's been kind of funny. It's only been in the last span of the last like three months that we've been getting into this, but like I've been going out trail driving almost every freaking weekend and like doing. <laughs> hardcore off-road stuff that probably your average guy or even your seasoned off-roader wouldn't do because obviously I don't daily my truck, so I'm not really worried about wrecking it or, yeah. or, or making a mess. And I purposely bought the truck to just, you know, do things that um, it probably shouldn't do. But, I mean, it is, uh, you know, to Toyota's regard, it is unbelievable what a basically relatively stock Toyota 4Runner, it's a, it's a 96 that I have, what it is capable of doing. Like, it puts Jeeps and, and so many trucks to shame. And, like... I bought a really good set of uh, Yokohama Mud MT tires, and like, man, it is just an animal that truck. And uh, I don't know, it's just, it's so funny, you know. Uh, you'll go up and you know, this big rock face, you're like, ah, oh, there's no way you can get up there. I'm going for it, and you, you smash on the gas and you muscle up this hill, and it's just, it's just a fun way to spend an afternoon with your buddies out driving around in the forest, getting dirty in the mud, and I don't know. No, there's something it's like it's so hillbilliness, but... and it's very rednecky, but. I, I don't know. It was just something I never really thought I'd get into. And here I am. I'm like so pumped to get out and do it. And every time I get back to the shop, I just want to work on my crappy forerunner and like make, make improvements to it and just make it better. But I don't want to, the thing with it is I don't want to uh, turn the truck into like some big lifted, you know, massive tire thing. It's kind yeah. of more fun to keep the truck almost stock like. Yeah. And so then when it does something that's kind of crazy where all these other guys in Jeeps with big massive tires are going over it and you go over with your relatively stock forerunner, it's like, hey, hey it's super, <laughs> it's, you don't need all that crap to do it. A yeah. stock forerunner can basically do what your, your lifted big silly Jeep can do, you know? Yeah, so totally. That's kind of where I'm keeping it at right now. That'll probably change in another year and I'll probably, you know, go nuts with long arm suspension and all sorts of, yeah, of stupid course. stuff for it. But for now, I'm trying to keep it at a little sort of stock level and see what... I can get the maximum out of the truck without, you know, going with big crazy tires and lifted suspension and all that kind of stuff. So totally. Yeah. It's, well, it's pretty fun. And I mean, I think if anybody, uh, if anybody's to follow you too on, uh, on Instagram, both on serious garage works and on your, you know, your personal page, like yeah. you get a pretty good glimpse into it as I was like getting prepared for the episode. I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. Like some yeah, of the stuff you guys been, have got up there. We've been putting a awesome. lot of off road stuff it's on so there. Good. I mean, once again, my brother, Dan, he does all our filming for it. Yeah. He's been coming out and having a blast shooting stuff and he got like these big hip waders. So he'll go stand out in a puddle and yeah. <laughs> smash through the mud with it and stuff so uh, it's just That's it's just killer. a lot of fun and we have a good time and, and the cool thing about it too is that for the business wide it opens up uh, another aspect that i can do right um i think you know you can say oh i work on this or that but if you don't have personal experience on how it works and what is a a good mod to do to your vehicle and what is worthy things to do how can you really upsell it to somebody you know so uh, from a personal aspect, I'm learning a lot on what are weak points on trucks, uh, what is a good modification to do that you know is maybe affordable that will, will, will work well for what you need to do. So 
I think that's kind of a cool aspect of it too, is that I'm learning a lot of stuff about off-roading and, and modifications to off-road trucks and, and, and things that'll be good for customers if they, they come in and they say, here, I want to do this. This is the budget I got and this is what I'm going to do with it. We can give them a good package that's not overkill and, uh, and make it work for them. So Well, I mean, you've got a really good brand behind ET. I mean, Toyota is just like such a, I mean, dependability is, is has been known for that whole like Forerunner Tacoma I mean, their world. trucks are just, and you, then, know, you watch that episode of uh, Top Gear where they drop the one off the building oh, and God, the yeah. still starts. It still starts. It's amazing. That's, that's what it is. And yeah. you know, and then you can even go back to their Land Cruisers and the Land Cruisers. Are just, of course. Like, they're, they're some of the most iconic off-road well, vehicles ever that are driven all over the world with massive amounts of kilometers and they just keep going and going. And I mean, you talk about, you know, for me, like the drool-worthy kind of world we could do a whole other show on like uh <laughs> on uh on icon four by four as well yeah, like, yeah, yeah, this yeah, guy, yeah. like jonathan ward and, and yeah. that whole world is like obviously like so out of reach right for me uh just like the supercar <laughs> world but i mean super cool but anyways i won't i won't dwell on that but um i think that's a super good place to be able to end it so um pat before we go maybe let everybody know kind of like your uh like where where, where can everybody find you where can yeah. everybody get a hold of you um uh, my my instagram is pat sear 86 yep um you know just type pat sear in, in facebook or patrick sear and there's a couple other guys out there that have the same name as me so maybe <laughs> gotta look yeah. for my picture yeah um but um yeah anything pat sear 86 or at serious garage works spelled c-y-r-i-o-u-s because it's my last name is sear yep, yep yep um yeah you'll find us out there you just type pat sear in google and poke around and you'll see photographs of all the silly stuff that we do and uh yeah, it's been a wild ride, that's for sure. <laughs> Beauty. Well, I mean, um, Pat, thank you again so much for coming by. I'm really looking forward to kind of. It's nice to be able to do this in advance of uh, of a season. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. Uh, you know, maybe mid season, late season. Who knows how this will all work out? Uh, we can do this again. Figure definitely. out, do a little recap. Uh, but uh, best of luck in the upcoming thank season. You. And again, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, to everybody listening, thank you so much. It's been uh, it's been uh, a really fun one. This has been episode 25 of the Bucket Seat Podcast. Stay tuned for episode 26. Um, and you can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Instagram. Eventually, I'll get into Facebook. I'm not there right now. Uh, but uh, thank you so much for listening. Send us questions if you have them. Subscribe if you haven't already. And give us a rate and review on iTunes when you have a minute. Um, thanks again to everyone and stay tuned. Sweet.